Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Trevor Woods here from SB Nation's Maize and Brew with another edition of Getting to Know Michigan's Opponent. This week, Michigan's taking on the Illinois Fighting Illini, who are having a year that they've been pretty darn fun to watch. 7-3 on the season. They got off to a 7-1 start. They've lost their last two. Today I'm speaking with Brett Bayhearns from WCI3, the CBS station in Champaign, Illinois. Brett's covered the team all year long. How are we doing today, Brett? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Really happy you're on. And so before the season, expectations, what were they like in Champaign? Did a lot of fans and pundits feel this team could not only have a winning record, but be very, very competitive, even in some losses. Both sides of the ball, certain metrics they rank high in. Was that expected before the season, or has Brett Bielema kind of surprised everyone? In year two of Brett Bielema, he's definitely caught a lot of people by surprise. They went 5-7 and seven last year and should have made a bowl game. To be honest, lost a couple of games that were very competitive, very close. And the fact that I'm saying that they were competitive and close is an upgrade from where this program was. Under Bobby Smith, that was largely not the case. Under Tim Beckman, that was hardly the case at all, and that's dating back a decade ago now. So uh, a big improvement in just two years for Brett Bielema. And it's funny how perspective works, right? Vegas had Illinois at four and a half. I think a bowl was the goal for this program all along. And, you know, they have only been to what will now be their second bowl game uh, dating back to 2015 this year, 2019. They were in the Red Box Bowl. And this is going to be just that second bowl game. So perspective is funny because, okay, you clinch a bowl in October, and now all of a sudden for Alana Nation, 
they're thinking Big Ten West because overall the West is not very good this year, as you well know. And so they were in complete control of their own destiny to start the month of November and have lost back-to-back games and have not looked like the same team they were in October and even September. And they're coming off their first Big Ten West loss to Purdue of the season. They were 0-2 against East teams before last weekend, had won all their West games. And so now at 7-3, and Illini Nation on their heels for sure, heading up to the big house on Saturday to play a very, very good Michigan team. And, and they have certainly the respect of Illinois. But it is funny. I think these teams do mirror each other a little bit. They both want to run the ball. And they both want to play style defense. And overall, they've done those two elements very well this season. Really, really good running game. Chase Brown, 1,442 yards on the season to this point. Seven touchdowns, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. I know he got banged up at the end of last week's game against Purdue. How is he trending? His status is still unknown, but Brett Bielema on Monday, the last time we had chatted with him, and we will chat with him on Thursday again, uh, he just said he's trending in the right direction, along with backup running back Josh McCray, who's only played three games this season. He got hurt in the opener. Uh, McCray is a true sophomore, very, very good, talented running back, big guy. Uh, he stands about 6'3", 240. Um, Chase is not that, right? Like Chase is, you know, maybe six foot, uh, maybe probably 5'11", 205. So uh, if Chase does not play a huge, huge advantage for the Wolverines, uh, Chase is Illinois. He is the offense. He is what they do, he's been healthy this season, which hasn't always been the case in his career, and he's managed to stay healthy until last week. It was like the second-to-last play of the game that he twisted. Uh, it looked like his ankle, don't know that confirmed, we just say the leg injury at this point, but uh, twisted his right ankle pretty good and uh, had to be helped back to the medical tent on the field. Did walk off the field under his own power, watched him walk back to the locker room. Was the last guy on the field along with his twin brother, Sidney, who plays safety for the Illini. So he did walk off the field under his own power. His status is unknown. I'm going to guess, fairly certain of this, we don't get to watch practice any of it, but he's not going to practice this week. He'll be a game-time decision leading up to Saturday's kick. The one positive you could say, even if Brown isn't able to go, quarterback Tommy DeVito... Having a pretty good year, 70% completion percentage. DeVito, he threw his fair share of interceptions as a member of Syracuse, but that really hasn't been the case this season. His touchdown-to-interception ratio, quite solid, 15 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. DeVito, not necessarily a dual-threat quarterback, but he does have pretty good functional mobility, can extend some plays. So my question to you is, if it does indeed have to become more of a pass-heavy approach from the Illinois offense, how do you think they can do in general? Because DeVito, and they do have some weapons at wideout too. So it's not like they're, Michigan just faced a Nebraska team. They beat 34-3. That was ended up being on their third-string quarterback. And absolute mess across the board this still seems even if brown's out that michigan still can be tested via the pass what do you think no doubt the receiving core for illinois is not where it needs to be for illinois to be successful long term they have a couple of uh solid guys but one of those is hurt in pat bryant he was in concussion protocol coming out of last week's game against purdue his status is unknown if whether he clears protocol in time for the game or not uh, Bielema told us that on Monday. 
but Isaiah Williams, number one, is, is a game breaker. And he had offers from pretty much everybody across the country coming out of high school. They were mainly at receiver, though. Illinois offered him a chance to play quarterback, which he did for a couple of years. Now he's in his second full season playing receiver. More of a slot guy. You're not going to see him out uh, catching vertical passes very often. But if Chase Brown does not go, I would expect a healthy dose of Isaiah Williams. And they will get him in motion. They will get him... Uh, the ball in a variety of different ways, and he's been uh, a big key for Illinois' success this season. DeVito has been a huge upgrade for the Illini this year, and uh, you, you know, you guys very uh, well remember Illinois' old quarterback. Yes, and and you know, not saying that Brandon was bad, but like DeVito's just been an upgrade, and it's it's pretty simple. Uh, when you look at his completion percentage and what he's doing, he's on track for a program record completion percentage. And the one thing I will say is that he doesn't throw the ball downfield a lot. And I think that's been a fair critique of one of his offense this year under new first-year offensive coordinator Barry Lenny Jr. is that they really don't have that downfield threat. They're going to dink and dunk. They're going to get the ball into their tight ends quite a bit and and really just look for those chain-moving possession catches. And so... You know, Brian Hightower is a threat a little bit down the field. He has come on as of late, but you're really not going to see Illinois try and put the ball 30, 40 yards down the field. Uh, And to be honest, they really haven't had to because of Chase Brown. So that will be very interesting to see if they even try and can explore trying to get the ball downfield. Because I think, like I said, it's been a fair critique of this team this year that they really haven't had to open up a lot of offense because Chase has been so good. And Chase gets 30-plus carries every single game. I mean, it's pretty incredible what he's been able to do so far this year, the nation's leading rusher, without getting hurt up until last week. And so uh, I think a lot of fans, just, I don't think, I know, they're going to be on pins and needles waiting to see if Chase Brown can go because if he does not, like I mentioned before, Illinois really does not stand much of a chance in this game. Yeah, so Michigan, the week following the game on Saturday against Illinois, they head to Columbus, Ohio to face on their rival Ohio State. Hopefully there will be a lot on the line for Michigan in that one, depending the outcome of the game against Illinois. But I think this is a great With no disrespect to Illinois, Illinois could pull off an upset on Saturday, but a great tune-up game, a great challenge, a great game to make you aware, perhaps some cold water in your face to show some deficiencies. Illinois' defense, they do mirror Michigan's defense in a lot of ways. Michigan ranks first in total defense. Illinois ranks second in total defense. They rank third in scoring defense, team passing efficiency defense. They rank first. They've intercepted the most passes in the nation. They have been absolutely stellar on third down, limiting opponents on third down. They rank fourth. What have you seen from this Illinois defense from a schematic standpoint and a personnel standpoint? What has made them so successful through 10 games? They're very unique under uh, now second-year defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, who's a Broyles Award award candidate, and he's very much deserving. He's Illinois' first coordinator making a million-plus bucks a year. Got a raise last year, very well-deserving, because up until a couple of weeks ago, these last few weeks, they've given up some more points. They were the number one scoring defense in the country, giving up less than 10 points per game. They have been very stout, and they are unique because they play man. And so you're going to see Illinois coming out 
uh, not playing much zone at all. They line up. They're aggressive. Uh, they blitz. They stunt. They play man over the top a lot, and and they're just trying to beat you. They've got aggressive guys in the back or in the secondary who can do just that: go up and get a ball, beat you in a variety of different ways. And the one thing that is really going to be questionable coming into this Michigan game is injuries and the injury bug hitting Illinois at the worst time here. They were very, very fortunate throughout the first two-thirds of the season to not have many injuries at all. And one of their cornerbacks, Taz Nicholson, number 10, he is out for the season, got hurt last week, and dislocated his wrist during the game and had surgery actually like while the game was still going on pretty incredible but he is out he's their number two cornerback last week illinois was playing up to its sixth cornerback and pretty able to go beat that pretty easily uh illinois does have a all big 10 cornerback in devin witherspoon at uh, number 31 you're going to watch want to watch out for him i would not expect michigan to throw much at him because he is playing at an all-american level this season very very good cornerback he will most definitely be an nfl draft pick uh in april but on the other side of the ball i would expect michigan to go after whoever is playing there for illinois because it's going to be a fourth fifth or sixth string guy likely a redshirt freshman we'll see if tyler string can come back number 20 he got hurt last week right after he got an interception but they're aggressive and and i feel like they're very unique in that sense just watching college football, you see a lot of teams play zone, and they don't do that. They're going to get after you. They're going to challenge you. And we'll see how much they play uh, in that because of those injuries. But overall, they want to get after you. And Johnny Newton, number four in the middle, and Keith Randolph, number 88, their two defensive tackles have played at all Big Ten levels this season as well. They're very, very good. And, uh, and they're just going to try and line up and, and take it to you and beat you. And so far this season, it's worked, especially in that six-game winning streak through September and October. Last couple of weeks, they've been banged up a little bit. So uh, we'll see how they perform at the big house. Now, could you give us one area weakness, I suppose you could say, on defense and offense that leaves them a little vulnerable or something they can work on? Yeah, no doubt. I, th- I think on defense, like I mentioned, it's it's the cornerback opposite Devin Witherspoon this week. Whoever lines up there, I would expect Michigan to go after. And Illinois' linebacker play overall hasn't been stout. Their defensive line has been very, very good. They usually run either a 3-4, 3-5 front. Uh, and they'll, they'll mix in a four-man front occasionally. Uh, but I, I would say they're a linebacker. Secondary, very, very good. They lead the country in interceptions, like you had mentioned. Uh, but linebacker, the other outside corner, and then offensively, the weakness is really at wide receiver. In the past few weeks, it's been the offensive line has not played all that great. And I know it sounds weird. you got the nation's leading rusher, and your offensive line hasn't been good. But that's been a big reason why they've lost back-to-back games. They haven't had to kind of push on the offensive line or protection uh, for Tommy DeVito the last few weeks that have really led them to all that success in beating Iowa. In, in a 9-6 game. I mean, yeah, 9-6. Like, it was a trench warfare game. You know what I mean? In Champaign. To beat Wisconsin. You know, they, they had to have great line play, and they did. And, and the last couple of weeks, that's been a little iffy. So I'm curious to see how that plays out on Saturday. Yeah, I am too, against a Michigan defense that has certainly been winning battles in the trenches of late. Last one for you, Brett. Do you have any overall predictions for this one? You know what, I... I think it is interesting, like you had mentioned, with the big game next week, right, for Michigan and, and how 
do they look past an Illinois team that's lost back-to-back games, you know, that had a driver's seat to represent the Big Ten West, and that's all but lost now after the loss to Purdue last week. I mean, Illinois needs to win this game to have any chance at the West, and they need to get some help as well. And going into the month, all they had to do was win two out of their, uh, well, really just two out of four. But even into last week, all they had to win was two out of their last three with Northwestern still on the schedule to clinch that spot in Indy. And they fumbled it. You know, they fumbled their opportunity. And so I just think Illinois is still a solid team. They're not a great team by Illinois standards. They're having a fantastic season. But you have to remember the standard of what Illinois football has been the last really 50 years. You know, um, not many winning teams in there. Illinois hasn't won eight games uh, dating back to 2007 when they went to the Rose Bowl. I mean, put that in perspective, right? That's the kind of season Illinois is having. And so a win here would be uh, a top five road win all time in program history, if, if not number one, to knock off the number three team in the nation. So do I think Illinois can cover an 18-point spread? Absolutely. I, I think they're capable of that if Chase Brown plays. If Chase does not play, then I think that's going to be tough sledding. And I think they'll hang around. I really do. I know Michigan's been really good in the second half this year, but I, I would expect a close-ish game at half. And if, if you can hang around, you never know. So we'll see what happens. But it should be a fun uh, atmosphere. I know that much. Only two players have played there at Michigan uh, for Illinois. And so, you know, it'll be a little bit of a shock, I think, to the system as the big house usually is for teams that come in there. But we'll see. It should be a fun game, a fun atmosphere. And uh, Illinois – needing a win to have any last desperation hope at a Big Ten West representation in Indy. Yeah, it should be a fun one. And Jim Harbaugh said this week that Illinois, that they have the Big Ten West on the line and that they're going to be considering this a championship game. So that's kind of what Harbaugh is trying to instill in his players that, hey, watch out or they'll punch you in the mouth. So I expect Illinois to come out swinging. And whether they land enough punches or not remains to be seen. But I can't wait, and I know you can't either. But, Brett, thank you so much for coming on. Would you like to tell folks where they can find you online and everywhere else? Sure. Yeah, so you can find it at WCIA3Brett1T on Twitter. Uh, a commission of sports director at Channel 3 in Champaign. We'll have a crew up there. I actually will not be at the Big House Saturday. I'm heading to Las Vegas cover Illinois basketball after all Illinois is a basketball school and it's gonna be fun on the hard court this year between Illinois and Michigan without Kofi Coburn here at Illinois and that Hunter Dickinson and Kofi Coburn match the last couple of years has been fun but uh so I'll be out in Vegas but we'll be watching from out there uh, bright and early on Saturday morning and we'll, we'll have a crew my colleague Andy Olson will be up there at the big house his first trip so he's looking forward to that and covering the game and uh, we'll see what Illinois can do Yeah, we look forward to seeing him up in the press box, and we look forward to talking to you later on this basketball season when the Illini and Wolverines square off. But for now, thanks to Brett, and this has been Trevor Woods. You can follow me on Twitter at Woods Football. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll be speaking to you after Michigan plays Illinois for the Post Game Reaction Podcast. Take care. Until then.